0: Gary Parish, it's Friday, February 28th, 2020. Welcome back to the CBS Sports. I am college basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Orlando is here with me and there is no place this podcast could start on this Friday other than inside Reeves Nelson Pavilion. You know, because of work and travel, I sleep roughly three hours every Wednesday night. So I'm tired every Thursday. I hate my life every Thursday. But I still made it through the day, put my little dudes to bed and stayed up late. Watching college basketball Thursday night. And the game of the night undeniably happened inside historic Reeves-Nelson Pavilion. It's the RNP for short. First place in the Pac-12 on the line. Arizona State visiting UCLA. Game was tight throughout. Came down to the final second. Scores tied at 72. UCLA ball. Tiger Campbell gets a ball screen from Jaime Jaquez. Arizona State switches. So we end up with Tiger Campbell isolated on. Do you know, Dead Leg? Do you know who got switched on to Tiger Campbell?
1: Um... I don't know. I was barely awake for the end of it, but I did see it. Who was it? Tiger Campbell was isolated on Mickey Mitchell. Was he really? (laughs) Yes. I discovered him at Peach Jam July
0: 2004. That's right. Somehow he's still in college. So, needless to say, Tiger Campbell, (laughs) he didn't want that smoke. So, he pitched it back to Jaime Heikens, and Jaime pulled it over the extended arm of 47-year-old Mickey Mitchell And he made it. Final score, UCLA 75, Arizona State 72. So Mick Cronin's Bruins are 11-5 in the Pac-12, tied for first in the league standings with Oregon with just two regular season games to play. UCLA, UCLA, fight, 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 dead leg on a scale of one to pain-free leg movement. How wild is it that UCLA... A team that started 8-9 and nine with losses to Cal State, Fullerton, and Hofstra is now 10-2 and two in its past 12, tied atop the Pac-12 standards.
1: I don't know. You tell me. I think it's
0: on a scale of one to pain-free leg movement. I think it's pain—like, it's, it's completely pain-free
1: leg movement. Well, that's what I'm living with right now, so I'm loving it. And, yes, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> you see, like, one again— tied atop the standings trivia time okay let's go when's the last time UCLA won the regular season in the Pac-12
0: don't talk dude Ben Howland's final season I knew you'd
1: know it so I figured I'd ask just in case you're talking
0: to the president of the Ben Howland fan club
1: Uh, I'm very aware of that trivia
0: time trivia time Ben Howland Ben Howland First power conference coach in the history of the sport to get fired immediately after winning an outright regular season title with no scandal attached to his program, except for what well, uh, the legend Reeves Nelson brought
1: to it. Well, yeah. Trivia time. Last time okay. UCLA won the Pac-12 tournament championship. Yeah, that's it's right. You've been howling. <laughs> no. No. Interestingly enough, UCLA's last regular season title was Ben Hallen's last season, and his last Pac-12 tournament title was Steve Alford's first season. That was 2014. The Bruins are now developing a, a, a bubble resume here. The win went a long way. They still got more to do. They're 76 in the net, five and six in Quad One, five and one in Quad Four. Thanks to a Cal State Fullerton loss, I did say it was Cal State Northridge at about one oh five in the morning because I got... I got my Cal State's all twisted around there. What? What's the difference? Like, uh, like are we sure there's a difference? Uh, let's not even go there with the Cal State folks, okay? Let's not. You don't, wanna, you <laughs> don't they, want to. Were they Were they on your ass? They They were They were not. John Gasaway was on my ass, though. He was all over it. Like John a man. John
0: Gasaway, my favorite college basketball reporter, who in every article uses words at least that you Two know. words
1: know. I've never heard of. That's correct. Um, uh, but I will say my favorite Cal State is um. Oh man, uh no, it's UC uh UC Santa Cruz, right? They're the uh Banana Slugs. Hell yeah. They need to be in D- they need to be in D1. Get some Banana Slugs into D1.
0: Is that a is that Pulp fiction?
1: What do you mean? No, that's an actual school. I know, but isn't like John Travolta wearing a Oh, you know what? Yes, I think you're correct about that. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. Look at the look at that poll. Look at that. Look, look at you trying to get into the no context teaser that's gonna have to be in there <laughs> all right um but seriously Mick Cronin has done a wonderful job you know I spoke with the staff uh right around the time of the CBS Sports Classic when I did very much have a dead leg I was in, I was in the throes of dead leg existence and at that point you know just trying to get through it don't know what the season's gonna be uh, I remember talking to one of the assistants saying like who's your best player and honestly at the time you know you know who he told me Jaime Hawkes Swear to God. And at the time, like, Hawkes was just a developing – he's still a freshman, but was just a developing player freshman on the roster. And lo and behold, Hawkes gets the big shot there. And now they've won six in a row with three of those games on the road. They get Arizona on Saturday. That becomes an intriguing game, not just for UCLA – but Arizona unable to win at USC. It actually looked terrible. Now didn't have Josh Green, didn't have Max Hazard because of a personal reason. But now the Wildcats, who aren't quite a lock yet, they've got a again, we've talked about Arizona a couple times. They got a bizarre resume, but there's a little bit of urgency there with Arizona. And now it's got to go and try and win at UCLA after not getting it done, playing a pretty poor game against USC. So UCLA has a good opportunity here. Like a really if they can get one more, uh, we can do some real evaluation on this team and its and its resume and where it really stands. Overall, like, you know, first four in to Dayton, just on the outside looking in. The loss to Hofstra at home, not great. Lost to Fullerton, obviously terrible. The loss to Northridge, obviously even worse. Who can argue that? And then they've got a, you know, a problematic road loss to Washington State. But in doing so, they they get to the top of the league standings with Oregon. Arizona State is now tied in the lost column. It still needs to get another win. Um, Arizona State, of course, as we mentioned on the previous pod, trying to get its first Pac-12 championship of any kind ever. But credit to Mick Cronin, man. Year one, and they are playing at this stage. I mean, it's, it's a way better scenario than fans would have thought. And it's amazingly so much better than anyone could have expected as recently as a month ago.
0: Dude, it's more than Mick Cronin, I think, expected a month ago. I mean, this was, you know, looking like a, a team that just wasn't. It looked like what happens sometimes when you hire a coach who is vastly different than the coach that recruited the the the, the, the most significant part of the roster, and it, it's just butting heads, can't connect, and that that's what they were for a while. That's how you end up with uh, the loss to. Uh, Hofstra and, and the loss to, to Cal State Fullerton and like, you know, blow out here, blow out there. When I saw him at the CBS Sports class, I mean, keep in mind, that's a bad North Carolina team. We now know. Yeah. And and, you know, they lost by double digits to that team. And now, you know, absolutely uh, rolling. I, I was texting with Mick Cronin late last night. And, you know, he was he was like, listen, I, you know, I talked to Jay Wright. He said it's uh, he said, you know, the, the one of the things I took from him is is do don't change. Do what you do. Make the you know what you've done. I'm paraphrasing here. This these are not exactly mixed words, but basically, you know, like what, what you've done has worked. Keep doing what you're doing, and make those players change for you. You don't change for them. And he just stood strong, and he remained consistent, and now the he's getting the results. It really it's turning into one of the best stories in college basketball. And I don't know if it'll end up in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, the selection committee used to value more heavily the way you close like it right. was a last 10 games thing they don't do that anymore and that might be the thing that actually keeps UCLA out of the NCAA tournament because if we were just going to pick quote-unquote the best uh, teams to fill the at-large places in the bracket right now UCLA would be one of the best they just don't have one of the best resumes.
1: Yeah, they've been uh, they've been on a tear. It's the, really the best rebounding team in the in in the Pac-12, at least in league play at this point. Uh, number one offensive rebound rate per Ken Palm and. Uh, The number one uh, or the number two steal rate. Uh, So they've been they've been extremely good at crashing the boards and then and then turning you over. It's been it's been impressive. They are still just 84th in adjusted efficiency margin at, uh, at Ken Palm. So they you know, in terms of predictive metrics, there is expected to be a regression to the mean here for UCLA. We'll see if that winds up happening or not. But getting to 11 league wins is outstanding. And I think I think. Thursday night was a good night for the Pac-12. Oregon had no issues with Oregon State. UCLA gets into a tie in the loss column with Arizona State, so it ups its chances, and Arizona State is still comfortably in the field, so they're still good. Uh, The only weird bad loss is, and I didn't see a second of this game, but Colorado fell by 14 at Cal, and I don't understand it even remotely, Uh, but that was a bad L. But then USC beating Arizona was a positive result, and then Stanford took care of business. Uh, at home against Utah, shouts to to Booth Gosh. Uh, they won their third straight, did the Cardinal to get to 19-9. and nine. They're still obviously fighting to get in. So on the whole, Pac-12, good job in terms of setting yourself up for the best possible you know, bubble scenario heading into the weekend. By the way, uh, I was willing to FaceTime you in the creepy darkness of my living room at about 12.50 at night. But from what I understand, you had a random Twitter user who hooked you up with the stream. What was going on there?
0: He's not random. He's uh, he's at Seattle Mara nerd. He's actually a he's a Grizzlies fan. So like I uh, I, his name's Bruce actually, and he but, but he lives in Washington, and um, it, but he's a Grizzlies fan. So I, I he he tweets uh, you know, uh, often I recognize him when I when I saw his tweet his tweet, and he was like, listen, I'll periscope it for you. So he periscoped <laughs> the final few minutes of you see because it's on this stupid Pac-12 network that you can't nobody gets. I get I, like, it. Well, you can't get it if you have got DirecTV. There you go. Like, I got a tweet from a guy because we talked about this on the last podcast, and I said, "Listen, like my DirecTV bill is like legit three hundred dollars." I, I, I have every, and I cannot watch the Pac twelve Network. It's insane. And the guy somehow from our conversation, <laughs> the, the, what he took from it was actually. <laughs> did you see it? I did, because he tweeted guy, at both of us. I think so. He was, just... he was like, he was like. GP, it's your job to stay up and watch college basketball. (laughs) I, I, I can't believe you you're just not gonna watch the game because it's uh, on late at night. I'm like, dude, how could you listen to what we talked about and reach the conclusion that I was saying the game starts too late? Like I'm up that late every night. What are you talking? Even when I don't want to be. What are you talk I, I can't watch again because it's on the stupid Pac-12 Network. I like p- people on Twitter are gonna be the death of me.
1: Just I can't I can't. Well, I've been trying to them. tell you for years that you just can't get, in, but you can't stop yourself.
0: So, so my, my, my guy Bruce in Washington, he uh, he goes – he tweets at me. He's like, I got a periscope of uh, UCLA, Arizona State if you want to watch it. So I click on it, and his TV is like really high up on a wall, and he's like sitting clearly down on a – so I'm watching it from this weird angle. It's like sitting on the front row at a movie theater where you just have to look straight up. Theater,
1: like, yes. And we're the. by the way, when you do these periscopes, you can see how many viewers were you – Was it? did it say one viewer? Was it just you? Or it did some random stray me. like stroll in there and start watching? No, I think I, it might have just been me. I don't. I don't. Oh, remember. I hope there was like a second random viewer that just like stumbled across. It's like, yeah, why not? I'm just gonna watch Arizona State UCLA on Seattle Mariners periscopes feed at 12:55 <laughs> at night. Why not? That, that's what I did.
0: So I did get to watch the uh, uh, the end of the game, and uh, it was tremendous. Pauley Pavilion looked great, by the way. Like that's a um, famously, a place that is—it's a historic place—and yet you you go to games there, and there's nobody there. You turn on games, there, there's nobody there. It looked great on on television from a crowd perspective. Just a really nice night. And after the game was over, speaking of Twitter people that would drive me crazy, after the game was over, I just tweeted Mick Cronin, you know, better than you know Mick Cronin, greater than John Wooden. Clearly joking around,
1: right? No, you weren't.
0: Clearly, just—I mean, I'm—I could make the argument if you want me to. Uh, clearly, just having fun with it, right? Just having fun with the moment. I can't tell you how many people have tweeted me and are still, <laughs> within minutes ago, tweeting me. Come on, GP, are you cr-? like one guy's like, are you high? Coach Wooden won ten national championships. Do you know how much of a nerd you have to be to see somebody tweet Mick Cronin's better than John it's Wooden not, and actually try to have an argument with them
1: about it? That's just idiocy, man. That's just... Oh, I had a good one. I had a good one. Oh, my gosh. This is... Un- it's I, too far buried in my mentions. But I... Um so I linked in my power rankings on Thursday. I embedded my screen grab tweet from February 8th of the selection committee's top 16 reveal. And I basically was saying this was the top 16 19 days ago. All but two of these teams, Kansas and Dayton, have lost a game since then. Here's who's lost what. And so, and I had not like retweeted it, reference back to that tweet. Over. So then some random Kentucky fan comes and finds me on Twitter and goes, because <laughs> Kentucky was not in that top 16. And they go, how big of an idiot do you have to be? Kentucky's a top ten team, and you don't even have them as a top four seed right now. I'm like, dude, you think I'm in that photo? You think that I'm Dan Gavitt right now? It's like, you can't tell that this is a screen grab of a television show. From 19 days ago, it was just you, again. People you just let them roll off your shoulder. Get just, get, just. Yeah, you, you gotta let it go, GP. People get so aggravated
0: with me when I'm constantly calling people dumb and constantly calling people stupid. But like, people really are dumb and stupid. It, it blows my mind, and it's the worst. It is the worst part of social media, the absolute worst. Because in real life, like, if you take social media and just eliminate it, in real life, I don't, I don't deal with dumb people that often. Like I just—they're not a part of my life. Like I—if I, I—if I recognize you as somebody who—who who is just a complete idiot, I'll just like I won't—I don't. You have no opportunity to speak to me. I just won't okay. like I won't even get—I won't even get involved. And yet, what social media does—it right. it gives dumb people access to your head, twenty-four hours a day. And so, just imagine if you were walk. Just think of it like this: You're out in public. You're at a restaurant. And every two minutes, a dumb person
1: walk, got to walk up to you and say something really dumb to you. That's what Twitter is. I'm aware, my man. You got to die. I tweeted out a, a semifinalist list for Defensive Player of the Year and got ratioed as though it was my list. It's not my list. And shocker, shocker, there are 74 fan bases that won 113 of their guys on a top 10 list. Shouts, I understand. Tyshawn Alexander. Legitimately snub Xavier Tillman. I don't quite agree with that. If you want to say Herb Jones with one hand wants to be on the list, I, I got I got Kyra Lewis Jr., Javon Quinterly, and Jaden Shackelford in my mentions over Herb Jones not being on the Defensive Player of the Year list. Legitimately, like what is going on here? So I, so I hear you, GP. I hear you. Uh, uh I mean, do you not realize Coach
0: Wooden is the most decorated college coach of all time? <laughs> That's what my mentions were all night and into this morning. People are wanting to actually argue whether John Wooden is better than Mick Cronin
1: sounds like you're trying to draw so far one into your mentions with tweets like that. To me,
0: I think that's imagine imagine this is imagine you're sitting. You go to dinner tonight, and you're sitting there, and every forty-five seconds, the biggest idiot on the planet comes up and says something idiotic to you. That's what Twitter is for me. That's what my Twitter mentions are.
1: (sighs) Well, I don't have to say, man. When you tweet Mick Cronin better than John Wooden, you're just asking for it. I will uh, t-
0: <laughs> so I tweeted back at one guy. I was like, listen, can you give me an example of John Wood never winning a game uh, <laughs> to, to, to uh, uh, go- move to first place in the Pac-12 on a three-pointer? Uh, did John Wood never do that? Nope. Nope. Hey, nope. Nope. So, see- so, so you sure you want to engage? You sure you want to engage in this Mick Cronin-John Wooden debate? Because see- I already explained to you, Mick Cronin just won a game on a three-pointer. John Wood never did that. <laughs> Did you see people, people always want to talk about what John Wooden did. Oh, he won two national championships. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about what John Wooden didn't do. Did he win a game on a three-pointer ever?
1: And did he do it scheming against Mickey Mitchell?
0: No, no. I mean, Jesus Christ. Mick Cronin is like trying to figure out how to win a game. Imagine imagine what John Wooden would have Imagine John Wooden. I February think- game. Looks up and you got Mickey Mitchell on the other side. You got to try to score on Mickey Mitchell to win the game?
1: Never never had to do it.
0: John Wood never had to do that, even though Mickey Mitchell
1: was playing basketball when John Wood was coaching. (laughs) A lot of people don't realize that Mickey Mitchell's freshman season was, uh, I think, the first year of Tony Hinkle's coaching career.
0: What most people don't realize is that Bobby Hurley, before coaching Mickey Mitchell, actually played against Mickey Mitchell. (laughs)
1: By the way, I so we we got to move on, but I have to mention this because I think I think you saw it, but I did like some guy, some I tweeted that San Diego State was undefeated, and I in a deadpan manner, and some guy goes, yo, I I, yo man, like I'm seeing it on this ESPN, like they lost, dude, and I got like three people sending screenshots to me of the of the AP story, and I was like, listen, I don't know what to tell you. San Diego State is still undefeated. I I I can't help you if you think that they've lost a game or whatever. And so then you got the people in the you got like you got like eight people who listen to pod and the mentions, and you got like three other people that come in hard, like they coming in hard with this one of the one one guy Kansas fan bless your heart man I hope you find this podcast and uh, he goes this dude has 53,000 followers and is verified to cover college basketball and it's a gif of a guy going trash (laughs) 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 oh it's just beautiful so yes we have had some fun on the tweet machine this week it's
0: weird that people have stopped since last weekend talking about San Diego State's undefeated season because like it, it they still are probably on selection Sunday going to have a zero in the loss column and folks we I feel like we're the
1: only ones still talking about. we it. Like, are really? and uh, tracking to a one seed no doubt about it I'm impressed and I think that they can get that perfect regular season once they beat Nevada on the road on Saturday it's a tough one but I think
0: they can get it done I think they get it done and even if they don't they will yes yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> You're damn right Maryland won its last game on a buzzer beater, just like UCLA. It happened Wednesday night. We're going to get into that next. But first, check this out.
1: My name is Connor Tapp, and I'm here with Trey Scott, my co-host on the College Football Daily, a podcast from 24-7 Sports dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. Every Monday through Friday, from here to eternity, we are adding depth and context to the biggest headlines in college football. But we're also diving deep into topics like the Iowa Hawkeyes secret sauce for developing NFL linemen and what the era of big money conference TV networks means for schools like Boise State. So if you share our point of view that college football has no offseason, subscribe to the College Football Daily now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. y'all. It's Chip Patterson from CBS Sports. If you're a diehard fan of college football, then you don't need me to remind you that this sport knows no offseason. And let's be honest, if you're a diehard fan of college football, I kind of expect you to already be subscribed to the Cover 3 podcast. But don't worry if you missed out on the Lock Fights late night instant reactions and emergency podcasts in 2019. There's still room for you to join us. Results on the field in the fall are the product of pieces that were set in place in the winter. So don't miss out on the move news and headlines that will determine the 2020 national championship download and subscribe the cover 3 podcast on apple spotify and anywhere podcasts are found
0: so maryland won its last game on a buzzer meter just like ucla terrapins trailed by as many as 17 points in the first half just looked like it was going to be one of them nights but they rallied They on, they're down eight, two o three 203 left they cut it to two with 18 seconds left. Then after Minnesota missed the front end of a one-on-one, at the other end, Daryl Morsell buried a three in the final seconds for the win, final score. Uh, Maryland, 74. Minnesota, 73. Inside Jan Gangelhoff Arena. So nice. now Maryland is 23-5 overall, 13-4 in the Big Ten. Two-game lead over three teams. They're going to win
1: outright Big Ten championship, Norlander. Uh, They are probably going to do it and stand alone. If they can get it done this weekend, we'll obviously preview that. I'll be at that game. Um, We got some they stuff. Run out, they won inside Jan Gangelhof Arena. I'm gonna. I'm just going to cruise on past that. No one knows. Know Jan That's Gengelhoff. a fake player. No one knows who that is. No one, no one knows who that is. I don't know how long it took you to find that name. I don't even know what to do with that information. By the way, this is a terrible beat if you had Minnesota because they were favored, I think, by one, and they lose at the buzzer, practically at the buzzer by three. I know Minnesota, like – O'Toole got fouled and didn't call it at the end. It's it's brutal. But um, good on Maryland. But here's the deal. Okay, I got a few things with the Terps. One, they have come back from 15-plus down four times uh, to teams in the league this season. It was Minnesota, Michigan State, Northwestern, Illinois. I think they trailed by like 8 with a minute 20 to go against Indiana and still won that game. Maryland is a 23-5 and team that could easily be about 20-8 and and nowhere near the two line. But that's not where we're at. They continue to uh, to rack up the wins and all the losses, as we said before, are good at Penn State, at Seton Hall, at Iowa, at Wisconsin. We'll get to Bucky in just a minute here. That loss looks better by the day. And then at Ohio State, which, they, which preceded this uh, Minnesota win. But, 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 forget all of that. <laughs> Mark Turgeon, after the game, after one of the most unlikely wins of his entire career, chooses that moment to bitch about the tip time, to bitch about the tip time as if this was something only afflicting his program and it just started this year. This has been a thing in college basketball for more than 25 years, 9 o'clock tip times, okay? And it was 8 o'clock local, but 9 o'clock body time for his t- intensive purposes. Now, I don't know who got to him, but someone got to him quicker. He realized what he did because someone tweeted at me a video afterward, and it was within minutes, where he maybe he realized it was on the Big 10 network maybe someone told him hey uh, Mark yeah you make more than 2.5 million and a lot of that's because of games like this and the Big 10 network and all this all the TV money that goes into it helps pay for your salary so he apologized and then cuz he wanted to be back in his driveway by 4:30 <laughs> and then well that didn't even happen because they had issues with the did you see that they had issues with the plane they were there, they were there until like late after late morning early afternoon on Thursday
0: I don't understand why more school. I mean, I do understand it's it's because of quote school, right? Classes. Yeah. But more and more NBA teams are staying the night rather than flying overnight now because there's just studies that show it's just better for you. It's better for your body. Like it it doesn't really like the argument would be we got to get back and get our kids in classes. Well, if they don't if they really don't get home till four thirty in the morning, what good is going to class the next morning? Like, what, what, are you, what are you doing? Well, it's and not stuff. even
1: maybe the next morning. They might have a 2 o'clock class or something. So it's like if we can get back and then you can somehow, if you can just hypothetically, GP, you can get in your bed by just call it 530, which isn't great. I mean, you sleep on the plane. You get plane sleep. That's not tremendously effective, obviously. And then you can squeak off four, four and a half hours. And then you can be in class because, again, they're you know they're not going to make special exceptions even more so than normal I guess for these for these players that's why but i i definitely hear what you're saying and they do have like especially a school like Maryland where you have the infrastructure to support all this from tutors to to getting stuff done i i hear you um i you know sometimes it might be is something as seemingly little but when you add it up it isn't where if we're going to do this and we do it 10 nights a year as opposed to two like the hotel costs they add up and so we don't want to take that on like i think some of that is why i, could, that's I, why
0: I guess i'd argue this that um in in turges to first off when Turge says you know we we tipped a game at minnesota nine o'clock eastern makes no sense well it does make sense for the exact reasons you said it makes sense for the big 10 network like big 10 schools i think last year got a check media rights check for 55 million dollars each um that's that that's how it makes sense because right. you you have a network you got to have games on you don't start them all at six o'clock you know right. you got to have a doubleheader and mm-hmm. so the, you know nat- last night I think it was uh maybe Nebraska Ohio State was playing in the same window or somebody was
1: yes they they did and and Frick did you see what Holtman said okay so Ohio State plays at Pinnacle Bank on Thursday night and his opening statement this is uh, via Matt Hardesty, who was covering the game he goes. It was great having a 9 p.m. tip. We could get in here early, and it was great having a 9 p.m. tip. Chris Holtman (laughs) versus Mark Turgeon is the most unlikely rivalry of my life. Real quick, GP, and for listeners that might not be aware of this, they played earlier, and then Turgeon called Caleb Wesson a bully. Holtman took issue with it, brought it up again, I think at the next day's press conference, circled back and said, I respect Turgeon and all that stuff, but it was completely inappropriate for him to say that. Then Turgeon wins – Bitches about the tip time. And then the next night, inside Pinnacle Bank Arena, Chris Holtman opens his press conference by saying it was great having a 9 p.m. tip. Get these teams against each other in the Big Ten tournament. We need it. I had a a guy circling back to the John Wooden stuff. I
0: had a guy tweet me last night. He said, listen, it's not like John Wooden ever had to win at Pinnacle Bank. (laughs) Which is also true.
1: Exactly true. (laughs) Which is also true. It's
0: just something to consider when we're discussing uh, the Mick Cronin, John Wooden uh, legacies to circle back to where I was. Um, so it makes sense from a money perspective. You got like, to clearly it makes sense. And Turge knows that. Um, but in terms of like traveling all night long, you know, in the middle of the night, like once we, I, I understand, well, you know, we got to get the kids back in classes. Once you, and this is sort of where Turge has a point. Um, once you decide that we're going to tip off games late at night and school can be secondary, and that conferences are going to um, be realigned with no regard for geography. So you might really, you know, I I know Maryland was playing at Minnesota, but it could have been at Nebraska. It could have been anywhere, you know, like the geography doesn't matter anymore to these leagues. Like once we're scrapping all of that stuff at the expense of actual student athletes and classwork, then like let's just stop pretending that the classes matter. Like, just, you know what, go back to the hotel after the game in Minneapolis, get a decent night's sleep, wake up, we'll fly home, and if you can get to class, great, and if you can't, who cares? We got $55 million coming from the Big Ten uh, media rights deal.
1: Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but those on the ground level working, you know, with the schools and universities are just not going to ever admit to that. But I hear, I don't disagree with you, but it, they're never going <laughs> to, it's part of the basis of, like, the, you know, the amateurism model and the student-athlete model, but I I, I don't disagree, but. It's a,
0: it's a point I used to make all the time when they do the 24 hours of basketball. Like, stop telling me you care about academics when you're tipping off a game at 3 a.m. All
1: right? Shouts to Hawaii. I know. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. But – um some of what Turgeon was saying was not incorrect. I, I get where the frustration is, but even Jeff Bowles, who's now the coach at Ohio and was an assistant for a long time under Thad Mata, he he had mentioned to me. He said the year that we went 32 and three, it was the year that they lost to Kentucky in the tournament. I was actually I was covering uh, that regional for CBS, and it was when Sullinger actually uh, after they lost, he said he was coming back to school next season. He actually did. Uh, Bowles said that they had 19 or 20 of their 35 games or whatever. That season were all 9 p.m. local tips or later. So it was, it just like no one outside of the teams living it notice or even care about that stuff. Can it have an impact? Yes. But the point is, this has been happening forever. And uh, oh, by the way, it gets worse, if you will, next month. And we're on the, the doorstep of March here when the NCAA tournament, because of a function of how the TV windows work, you will have on those Thursday and Friday nights. Back to back weekends, games tipping close to or after 10 o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern. So, I mean, this is March, is when it really ticks up a, a bit here. And yeah, I just, more than anything, I just found it bizarre that Turton chose to take that moment after a crazy win to kill Minnesota's at large hopes and say, yeah, uh, 9 p.m. tip, love it. And it was just kind of, it was, it, it was a bit weird. And uh, he, of course, immediately walked it back.
0: It just shows you how wound tight some of these uh, coaches are. You know, like oh, yeah. he really just had an amazing moment. Like you, it, that shot probably ensures that you're going to be outright Big Ten champs. It'll be the first outright Big Ten regular season title for Maryland or, or conference title of, you know, ACC, Big Ten, doesn't matter, since 2002. Like it's an incredible moment, and you're just pissed off because you, <laughs> cause your game started at 9 o'clock Eastern. Like right. it, it, was, it, was, it, it was funny. Like yeah. it was funny to
1: me. It, like was, it was to me. It was it was to me too. <laughs> to have of hope. all the things to be
0: at on the, on the you know in your head at that moment, being angry that he started at nine p.m. Eastern is, is hilarious. But whatever, he walked it back, and he walked it back. We should say walked it back with a smile. Seemed to be laughing at himself a little bit, and I thought he I thought he handled it yeah, well. Yeah, that,
1: that's fine. In, it, yeah.
0: in the moment, it was weird after that he that he uh, walked it back shortly thereafter. Fine with me.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah and but then the irony is like he wants to be in his driveway by 4:30 which wasn't going to happen no matter what it was way too late that wasn't happening and then they can't even get to get out of Minneapolis for for like another well, here, 12 14 well, here, hours here's the other unbelievable day. okay you tip even if you tip it off at 7 eastern so what you're still not back in your driveway till 2:30 I know well yeah i mean there is a difference between 2:30 and 4:30 although you may you may know better than anyone but that's pulling in at 4:30 that's that's some rough stuff there you ever like you, just, just drag your ass in the house at four forty five in the morning. That's that's just it's a terrible spot to be in.
0: Yeah, I don't like being awake at four o'clock in the morning, and, either like because I'm still up or because yeah. I just got up. I like I, I don't like seeing four AM. Yeah, yes
1: that's, that's you know what, that's is is four if you were to round to the top of the hour, four AM is probably the worst hour of the day. That's that's <laughs> like the most depressing like that's the hour you don't want to be conscious in ever. You do no, not. It, you, that I think that that is exactly it. three a.m. Maybe you're on the tail end of like a really good night, maybe, um, or or you know, it's 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 a Matchbox Twenty song. I, I must be lonely. But four a.m. You're in some trouble there. I yeah. I don't I don't think that there's anything good that can really happen for anybody at about four a.m.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, it's three a.m. I I must be lonely, and then the it'd be like it's four a.m. I must have a coke problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: It's 4 a.m. I just want to kill myself. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah.
0: 4 a, if it's 4 a.m. I must have a Coke problem. <laughs> um, yeah, like I used to have a 6 a.m. flight to New York every Monday morning, and I would get up at 4 a.m., and it was miserable. I just stopped doing it. I just decided there's, this is no way to spend my Monday morning.
1: That's it's brutal.
0: <sighs> okay, so I mentioned Maryland's got a two-game lead in the Big Ten standings over three different teams. One of them is Michigan State, no surprise. Mm-hmm. One of them is Penn State. Surprise based off preseason expectations, but not based on what we've known for a while about Penn State. And the third team that is tied, the second in the Big Ten standings right now, is Greg Gard's Wisconsin Badgers. They're on a five-game winning streak. I have inserted them into the top 25-1 and one on Friday morning. Nice story. You know, when Kobe King quits the team, it's reasonable to assume you know, the season might go the wrong way. I mean, they were already shaky anyway. They're 6-2 and since he quit. They're on a five-game winning streak headed into Sunday's game against Minnesota. Mm -hmm. That is turning into a nice story, too.
1: It is. Um, right now, Wisconsin, we'll see if they continue to roll and they've got a good chance of doing it, they wouldn't be considered the dark horse to win the Big Ten tournament. But in the here and the now, Friday, February 28th, the Badgers are your uh, are your sleeper pick to go ahead and, and, uh, and take that Big Ten championship uh, once they get into bracket play here. Won f- five in a row. The remaining games, home to Minnesota, Home to Northwestern, so really good chance to win both of those to get to 13 and six in the league, and then they're at Indiana. They can certainly pull that off. So Wisconsin has a kind of a sneaky chance to take second in the league here, and what they've been doing as of late has been ultra impressive. They are still 343 in adjusted tempo, so they're still like you know the tempo, the pace of the team is is what you think it is, but they have been exceedingly efficient as of late. The past five games, all of them wins. Wisconsin has averaged 76 points in those games. They can actually fill it up here. They have, this is per Wisconsin, have had 80-plus points in back-to-back road games for the first time since Mini Trivia Time. You want to toss a a guess out at what season was the last time Wisconsin had 80 in back-to-back road wins? Ben Howland's final season. Not a bad guess, but you are way off. Uh, mm. Shouts to Michael Finley. 1994-95 was the last time Wisconsin did that. So, Dimitri Trice, Aleem Ford, Micah Potter, all solid there on Thursday night. They've been playing very well. And Wisconsin this season, see, it's got really good wins over really good teams. So, if you're looking for a good value play for a Sweet 16, maybe even if you want to get frisky and, and flirt with something Elite 8, Bucky is a, is a pretty solid pick at this point. Has beaten Maryland, Michigan. Michigan State, Marquette, and has a sweep of Ohio State. GP. Those are all teams that, if they play to their ceilings, are going to be six seeds or better. Potentially even five seeds or better on the whole. And um, now they have five ranked wins over uh, over uh, five wins over ranked teams. Does Wisconsin? The only how about this? How about another tri- trivia time? Trivia okay. time. Trivia okay, time. Okay. Okay. Only three teams have more than five wins against ranked opponents this season. Okay. Who are they? Ben Howland. Oh gosh, you got to get off Ben Howland, man. Mississippi <laughs> <Okay>. State's <laughs> okay, not okay, even. say it term. again. I wasn't even listening to you. Oh, uh, oh I love it. Throwback. Okay, uh, well, only got three al-
0: teams have more than five wins over ranked teams.
1: Yes. Okay, Kansas. No. What the? No. Uh, this is this is per Wisconsin that I got. This is per Wisconsin stat. So if it's Kansas and that's wrong, blame Wisconsin. But Kansas does not have more than five against ranked opponents this season. That's <laughs> uh, a coach. Hold <laughs> on, I got a decline. Okay, go okay. ahead.
0: Clearly, Wisconsin's one of them.
1: Yep. Otherwise, no, they have five. They, there are three teams with more than five. Okay, more than five. Uh, Baylor. Correct. They have six, and the two others also have six. The two
0: others also have six. Um, let me just look at the top 25 and one, and I'll just pull some teams. This should be, this should be light work. Um, Florida State. No. Seton Hall. Seton Hall, no. Okay, I don't know. I don't give. I give up. I don't care anything. Okay.
1: <laughs> Iowa and Oregon.
0: Iowa and Oregon,
1: huh? See, apparently, all six. All right. so I did not. I'm just going off Wisconsin's word there. If a listener wants to fact check it and tell me I'm wrong, tell Wisconsin's wrong. Uh, but yeah, they're uh, they're doing they're doing mighty well for themselves. And as you mentioned, no Kobe King. They've responded well. Dimitri Trice was awesome in this game, and they they win it. See, the reason why it was impressive was they went against a good opponent. Trice had 28... Was uh, overall was five of six from three-point land and shot ten of sixteen from the field. He was fantastic, but Michigan per per Torvik. Michigan had been playing as the second-best team in the month of February, only behind Kansas. You go into the building, you knock them off. Right when I put Michigan into my damn power rankings, they uh, Wisconsin goes and does the damn thing. So credit to Bucky. They are really playing extremely well as of late. Obviously, comfortably in the NCAA tournament at this point, and are tracking. Uh, to potentially a 21-win regular season if they win the last three, entering into the Big Ten tournament. and As I said at the top, they do have a chance here if they can if they can make things happen. And Maryland beats Michigan State on Saturday. Wisconsin could actually angle and wind up being the two seed in the Big Ten tournament when it starts. That'd be uh, that'd be quite the turn compared to where this school was five weeks ago.
0: Yeah, and like Michigan, the record's a little misleading because they entered last night's game, Thursday night's game, 13 and four with Isaiah livers in the lineup, just five and five without him. And so that was a really good team playing really well. And it speaks to, um, you know, what the way that Wisconsin teams come together in the absence of Kobe King, that they were able to go into that building and get that win. That's not an easy place to win when Michigan is operating with its, uh, you know, with Isaiah livers in the, in the, yeah. in the lineup.
1: Yeah. And a, just a quick thought on Michigan. Um, 18 and 10, 9 and 8 in the league. It is uh, no no. Livers has has definitely made uh, an impact in some of these games. There's no doubt about it. And some of this has crossover. But um, the win against Gonzaga is good. The win against Creighton earlier in the year is good. But Michigan is it's it's tacking up a lot of its losses against a, a lot of really good teams, and a lot of its wins have come against teams that you know project outside of the top, you know, 30, 35 of Ken Palm. So I I still think Michigan's it's a solid team, don't get me wrong, but I, in light of the loss and the way it came, I I, I don't know what I quite make of them um, overall. They got a game on CBS on Sunday at Ohio State, which will uh, which'll be big for just Big Ten seedings and, and all that stuff. And if they can get another quality quad one level, high quad one win, uh, that would go a long way because Michigan's staring right now at two of its final three. Ohio State and Maryland both on the road and then they got they got Pinnacle Bank in between that on Thursday, March 5th. So, it's just it's, it's 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 not an it's not an enviable situation for Michigan right now.
0: Just answer one question for me. Did John Wooden ever win inside Pinnacle Bank? Yes or no?
1: I can answer that easily for you. The answer is no. And so when when you take that into consideration, you know, I don't even think Seth Davis included that in his extremely impressive and long biography of Wooden. But I yeah, don't I don't yeah, know yeah, if disc- you're going to find the words Pinnacle Bank Arena in that book, GP. Oh yeah, let's, uh, let, hey, All right.
0: when we're talking about John Wooden, are we just going to ignore Sam Gilbert and the fact that he didn't win inside
1: Pinnacle Bank? We won't, not on this podcast. That's not on promise. this podcast, Nope. not on this one. Should we get to the final four and one? Let's get to the final four and one, and the records are... Yeah, update me. Yeah, I got to update you, because I... I good... stopped keeping track of I know, it. you've stopped keeping... You mentioned this every week. So I had a good week last week, you did not. I am 42-37-1 on the season. You are 35-44-1. What is your first game? Hold on. Repeat my record. 35 what? Okay. 35-44-1. Uh,
0: I'm seven games back in the win column.
1: Yes, that would be correct. Also, I, seven games back in the loss column. I need Kobe King to quit my team so I'll get better. <laughs> yeah, that's what is it? I think you just <laughs> hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what you need.
0: I need Kobe King to quit my team. That's going to be the key to me turning this thing around.
1: All right. First game. Game number one.
0: Saturday, noon Eastern. Number 16, Penn State at number 18, Iowa. Inside, here we Adam go. Woodbury Arena.
1: All right. That's all right. Okay. What's you the- know what?
0: When I when I when I thought Iowa, I, I usually something just pops into my head, yeah. and then I was going, okay, Penn State at Iowa. What 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 pops into my head? And nothing, nothing popped into my head about Iowa. And then the and then after I realized nothing's popping in my head, I said, didn't they have a dude who used to poke everybody in the eye? <laughs> And That's Adam Woodbury. Remember it is, but I
1: poking? definitely thought you were going like when you say Iowa. I I think Luke Recker. So Luke Recker Court, maybe we'll go with Luke Recker Court.
0: Adam Woodbury, do you remember when he used to poke everybody in the eye? I
1: do, I do, yeah. But I can't, yeah, I, I can't believe that that came in so bad. <laughs> yes, Named it happened th- like five he, times. He
0: poked three players in the eyeball. and you're going to
1: name a damn arena after him?
0: <laughs> yes, he, na- he 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 poked three different players in the eyeball in a two week span.
1: What we've Can- learned here. Is trivia that, time! No, hold on. What we've learned here, in light of Brandon Davies and Luke Reck, you like to name arenas after dudes that like to poke. That's what I've learned.
0: Ooh, dead leg the biter. <laughs> Can you name one player that Adam Woodbury poked in the eye? He poked three.
1: This uh, <laughs> so was it's not a trivia time that I uh, t- like everybody was killing Grayson Allen.
0: This dude was poking people's pupils.
1: Oh man. I can't I can't recall. One's a Wisconsin player. I know that. Two, two are Wisconsin. Player. Two of them are. Um Oh, did uh you know I can I want to say Josh Gosser, but that's not it. Um has got Josh Gosser energy. I don't know. Give it to me. He, he poked Nigel Hayes in the eye. That I he don't poked, He poked Frank Kaminsky in the eye. That I don't remember either. Okay. And he also poked, poked Mellow Trimble in the eye. Mellow Trimble I do remember. Yes. How about that? What's the line on this game? Iowa uh,
0: minus three, according to Kempom. You can watch it on the Big Ten Network.
1: Um, What time the tip?
0: It's noon Eastern.
1: I know. So I'm just wondering if we're going to get Penn State winning and Pat Chambers Having a problem with the tip. Um,
0: Pat Chambers is like, I'm not going to be back in my bed until
1: 4 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been a big week I'm, for complaining about this I'm not on until 4:30 exactly Exactly. Uh, Will Wade had a whole deal too, but we don't need to go down that road. But we've, it's been a, it's been quite the week for coaches complaining about scheduling. Um, I'll take Iowa in this spot, and uh, I like them. Yep, you said three. Yeah, I like that easily. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't pick
0: against Iowa inside Adam Woodbury Arena. That that well, seems crazy to me. Actually,
1: it's not crazy, but in this spot, I understand why you wouldn't. Okay.
0: Iowa minus three is also my pick. Saturday, two thirty Eastern, number thirteen Seton Hall at Marquette inside Travis Diener Forum. Love Marquette it. minus three. You can watch it on Fox.
1: Definitely love it. Um, Marquette minus three. Hmm. This is... So this would be Marcus Howard's senior day. You got Howard versus Powell. This is a wonderful game. Um, Seton, Hall's, Seton Hall's got a tricky spot here coming up, too, because they got this, and then they got to play the two teams behind them in the Big East standings, Nova and Creighton. So the Big East actually has some, some good amount of drama going on there. Um... This one's tough, GP. I would say. By the way, this is Vanderblue Court, just so we're so we're clear. Vanderblue Court inside it could be. It could be, no, it could be nothing but Vander Court. Um I I'm gonna I'll say Howard has a really nice senior day. Goes for 31. Seton Hall wins by six. So you're taking Seaton Hall plus the points. No, sorry. What what are you doing, man? Like <laughs> seriously. What what are you doing? I don't even understand what you're doing. <laughs> oh, did, I, did I really say Seton Hall wins by six? That's exactly I said that? what you said. no, I meant Marquette wins by six, I swear. So yeah, no, they Marquette's gonna win on Howard's Senior Day. They're gonna have a good it'll be a good game, but they're gonna have a little bit of comfort down the stretch.
0: Yeah, I can't pick against Marquette inside Travis or forum on Marcus Howard's uh senior day. So yeah, I'll take Marquette minus the three as well. Uh Saturday 345 p.m. Eastern number 15 Auburn at number 8 Kentucky inside Randolph Morris Arena you can watch it on CBS it's America's most watched network it's the network of stars Kentucky minus 5
1: alright this I give Kentucky fans permission to just flood your mentions there are so many good options and you pick first of all we already did this okay this is already named alright like two, two, two weeks ago who do we name it after? Randolph Morris? Randolph Morris? Yes. Randolph Morris?
0: Randolph Morris Arena. Can't be. No.
1: He,
0: he he faxed? He sent a fax to Tubby Smith to tell him he was entering the NBA draft. <laughs> How funny is that? That is funny. That is funny. <laughs> um, he sent a fax. It says, it says I, I actually, I, 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 bookmarked it last night. Look at look what this thing says. It says, uh, Dear Coach Smith. It's a fax. <laughs> Dear Coach Smith. First of all, I would like to thank you and your staff for the many opportunities and benefits afforded me this year. However, I would like to announce my intentions to test the waters in the 2005 NBA draft. My intent is not to obtain an agent so as to maintain my collegiate eligibility. That became like a big controversy because he was one of the few people. And these days, folks just into the draft and go and right. draft it all the time. Uh, but back then, it was not a normal thing. He entered the draft, did not get picked, and was able to go back to Kentucky. And this fax that he sent to Orlando Smith uh, was uh, was a was one of the pieces of evidence because it it seemed to prove, according to whoever n- needs to you know, decide such things that he was just going to quote, test the water. So I think he ended up with a fourteen game suspension, uh, came back. But anybody if you fax your if you send a fax to your coach to tell him you're testing the waters entering the NBA draft, that's uh you get an arena named after you as far
1: as I'm concerned. Well we did previously d- dub this Tony Delk Arena, just so you know. So, oh no 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 no, yeah, no, yeah. no 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 no. and Kalena Azebuki court. I mean no, it's Kalena not. Azebuki is an all time name too, so
0: it's not it's not it's Randolph More arena. Tony Delk can get he can
1: he can get something else okay all right well uh we might yeah we'll we'll have to figure that out i got kentucky easily though gp I got them winning by like 10. They've been awesome. Emmanuel quickly is the SEC player of the year at this point, and he's overtaken his own damn teammate. Nick Richards and quickly have been amazing this season on the whole. They've developed nicely credit to that coaching staff for doing that and quickly turned into like a top three or four three-point shooter that Cal's ever had at Kentucky. He's averaging 19.2 points in his past 17 games. Quickly has been an absolute stud here. And, uh, yeah, Kentucky's been a top five team across the past three or four weeks. They get the game at home. On Kalena-Azabuki court, I got Kentucky big. I'm saying Kentucky by double digits.
0: I got Kentucky to win, Auburn to cover. I'm taking Auburn plus the five points. I believe in Isaac Okoro. He's back. Auburn, just a two-loss team with Isaac Okoro in the lineup. Now projected by our buddy Jonathan Gavoni to be a top-five pick in the 2020 NBA draft. The best NBA prospect on the court inside randolph Morris Arena on Saturday will be the young man in an Auburn uniform, Isaac O'Coro.
1: Okay. What's game four? Game four! Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern,
0: number seven Duke, at Virginia, inside Ralph
1: Sampson Arena. All right. I like it. I like it. Trivia time. Trivia time. Okay. Before we make the picks. I need the line before you do the trivia time.
0: Okay. Let me look. For some reason, I didn't write it down. Probably because I was arguing with people about Mick Cronin and John (laughs) Wood
1: last night.
0: The line is, according to Ken Palm, Duke minus four. Duke minus four on the road inside Ralph Sampson Arena.
1: All right. What's the trivia time? Trivia
0: time. Only two players have ever been three time Naismith College Players of the Year. One is Ralph Sampson Mm. in 81, 82, and 83. Who is the other? Three times? Three time Naismith College Player of the Year.
1: Can I get a. can I get a cheat here? Um, wh- how long has the Naismith Award been around? Do we know? Long time. All right, so my first guess is Walton. That's correct. Boom. Okay. <laughs> 72,
0: 73, 74.
1: Give not. Mick Cronin Bill Walton and see what happens.
0: <laughs> you know, people don't talk about that either.
1: They, they don't. Bill Walton not in the same uh, building last night as Mick Cronin either. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, give give John Wood and Yancey Gates, give Mick Cronin Bill Walton, and see what happens. <laughs> that's quite the it's quite the swap. Probably a fight probably a fight is what happens
1: uh, that's quite the swap
0: um probably a fist fight happens
1: yeah uh listen we're gonna give uh we're gonna give Ty Jerome the love here it's gonna be Ty Jerome court it's uh, we got it after uh Ty Jerome uh so big for that they won the national championship you know Kyle guy shouts to you DeAndre Hunter, you were good key Clark mama D you're still on the team you're not eligible um I have Virginia straight up by the way straight up Virginia gonna win. They're getting five. This is an easy call, but I got them to cover. But yes, I will take the Wahoos straight up. Well, it's, Virgi- it's Virginia minus.
0: It's Duke minus four, not five. You're just making up numbers. You said five. I did not say five. You said
1: five. I don't. I think you said five. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, you know I, what? No, what? Gonna, I think you're right. I think you said four. I, I have no I, idea. I but think it you is said
0: for, four. for the record. I want the record to be straight. It is. It is Duke minus four. I'll take Duke. I'll take Duke on the road. The Blue Devils need to bounce back. They've been, they've been losing too much.
1: They've been losing a ton. Yeah. I don't, why, why, I, do keep, why do they keep losing so much? That's the existential question. Okay. They, uh,
0: they are one and two past three games, two double-digit losses to unranked in-state rivals, and yet still... Dude, you want to know another thing that's in my mentions nonstop? People think the net rankings are are rigged for Duke because Duke lost to Wake Forest, and they they didn't actually drop in the net rankings at all. And so people were mad at me about the net rankings. They're like, G- GP, what's up with these stupid net – I'm like, I'm not in charge of the net rankings for crying out loud. I don't know Terrible. why Duke didn't drop in the net rankings except for their efficiency numbers are still very, very strong. There's only three teams right now in the country, top 15, in both offensive and f- defensive efficiency. One is Kansas, one is San Diego State, and one is the Duke Blue Devils.
1: So you're going to take Duke. I'll take UVA. I do like – yeah, listen, Cavs off they, – they held Virginia Tech to 11 points in the first half earlier this week. And then Virginia Tech scored like 44 in the second half, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see which version of uh, the Wahoo show up. But they are—they've um, got some uh, some breathing room here in terms of getting to the NCAA tournament. There was more doubt about that six weeks ago, but they played well overall. Um, all right, so we got four down, uh, and I got to pick my my one here. Um, I'm not gonna pick. Michigan State, Maryland. That's actually not my game. I thought you were going to give me that game, but um, that's not my game because I got, I got better dudes I got to name a court in an arena after here, and then we're going to get that in a second. But I will be in College Park on Saturday. For Michigan State at Maryland if Maryland wins that game as GP mentioned it will be assured a regular season championship for the first time since it got into the Big Ten and for the first time in almost 20 years. Um, These teams played two weeks ago and Maryland had a crazy rally at Breslin and they came back and they were able to uh, to get a huge win there we'll see if Michigan State can write itself and get a good victory that's that's the big game it's an eight o'clock tip on on Saturday. I kind of think Florida State's on upset watch at Clemson. That's a 2 o'clock tip. Keep an eye on that. Love me some Knowles. They looked awesome this week, but I kind of feel like that might be a thing. We mentioned Arizona-UCLA. That's a 10 o'clock late tip. So after Michigan State-Maryland's done, Arizona-UCLA uh, inside Reese Nelson Pavilion is what you definitely want to be keyed in on. San Diego State will try and remain undefeated at Nevada. And Arizona State at USC also takes on a certain urgency. Uh, a lot of Pac-12 love on this podcast here. I think that's the majority of, like, big ones. I do kind of sort of think that Villanova is going to get a push from Providence. It's it's noon tip on Fox on Saturday. Keep an eye on that. And then Gonzaga wraps up against St. Mary's, which was going to be my backup game if you didn't pick my first game, which I didn't think you were going to. But we'll sideswipe St. Mary's at Gonzaga. My game, Sunday. Ah, Jesus Christ. I like to inform the people as they prep for a good weekend of hoops here. By the way, I'll be in studio for CBS Sports HQ on Sunday as I will be taking the train back. GP, I'm taking the train I'm taking the train, loving it Like James Bond, you know she You like, know,
0: I've never, like, all you guys always take trains Like to D.C. and Philly and wherever I've never done that The only train I've ever taken is a Memphis to New Orleans train And it took 40 hours
1: Definitely did not take 40 hours Probably four which it, like, it seems well, Oh why? no,
0: it was like legit eight Wow,
1: that's you, that's you can drive to New Orleans quicker than you can get there by train At least when I did it And you did it when? Oh, God, it was
0: when my wife and I were still dating, so 20 years ago.
1: All right. 20 years since you've been on a train?
0: It's been 20 years since I've been on a train. But you didn't
1: take a train like when you went to Europe? No, we flew everywhere. Ah man, the trains in Europe, that's that's really when you feel like you're in a Bourne movie, though. Like you're searching around, you're seeing... Who's the undercover agent on this thing? Is that just me? Okay, sounds yeah, good. Yeah, it sounds like that's
0: just yeah, you. Yeah,
1: well, you know, it's what it is. Um, all right, so yeah, I will be taking the train back Sunday morning up to Stanford, Connecticut, and I'll be in studio uh, for pregame, halftime, and postgame and analysis of the both CBS games. Xavier Georgetown's at 2, and then Michigan, Ohio State's at 4, so keep it locked in there. Um, the but most th- much, no. That's right. So the game I have, oh, though, nice. is a 6 o'clock tip on ESPNU. Got the Colorado Buffaloes. They're going to be playing inside. It can be no other. Josh Childress Pavilion on. What? Don't even try and bring the slander against Josh Childress right now. Don't even try. On Brevin Knight Court. Brevin Knight, probably one of my ten favorite players of the '90s in college basketball. So
0: Brevin Knight, Brevin Knight, color analyst for your Memphis Grizzlies.
1: Boom! Look at the synergy we got going on right now.
0: Brevin Knight is a Memphian.
1: Did not realize that. Dig it. Brevin Knight Court. Let him know. (laughs) When you can, please inform Mr. Knight of what we've done in his honor here on this here podcast. By the way, the line is Stanford at home, minus two against Colorado. That's an important game uh, for Stanford and its NCAA tournament chances. So who did you take? I didn't. You take it first. I offer the game. You take the pick. (laughs) Who did I take? Uh, I know my pick, but and I won't change it no matter who it is, but I want your pick first. I
0: man, Colorado. What are you doing? They lost two straight.
1: Lost a cow, man.
0: I mean shouts to Mark Fox. Sure. But like, can't do that. That's yeah. a good way to get ejected from the top twenty five and one, which is exactly what happened on Friday morning. As it should have.
1: Yeah. Stanford minus two here. I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna take the Buffaloes on the road. So am I, buddy. I think the last uh, time
0: I picked Stanford, they lost by (laughs) 47,000 points to Kansas.
1: I do think that's the last time we actually injected Stanford into this kind of segment here. So I will also ride with the Buffaloes. That means that we have agreement on three games. Iowa against Penn State. Marquette against Seton Hall. And then Colorado uh, against Stanford. We disagree on Virginia Duke. And we disagree on Kentucky Auburn.
0: I'll change all my picks right
1: now. That's not going to happen. That's not how this works. <laughs> That's not how this works. That's all I got, buddy. I'm, I'm excited to go to to Maryland. See, uh, I've never covered a game there. Have you been there? Have you Have you covered a game inside? I've been to the Xfinity Center, sure. Been to the Xfinity? I've not been to the Xfinity Center. I, I, I've
0: been there. I, went, I was there for, I think, Gravis Vasquez's senior day. I think I was there for that. All right. And then I went back there to do a story on
1: Turge, after yeah, yeah, went, I remember that. Yeah. That was like preseason, like 2015 or something like
0: that. And then my wife and I went to a restaurant called Mini Bar, Jose Andres Mini Bar. I was just googling like nice restaurants in DC because I was on this. I went, I went through this phase where I was just trying to everywhere I went, I was trying to go to the nice restaurants, like top 100 restaurants in the world. So it was like Mini Bar, top 20 restaurant in the country. I said, okay, cool, we'll go there. Guess what the bill was? Me and my wife, just us
1: uh $317
0: $1200
1: That's absurd.
0: Tw- like tw- and how about
1: you want to know the best? like That's idiotic. It was like a tw- Google mini
0: bar in DC when you get a chance. It's like 27 courses. Okay? But but like a course might be a noodle. And a no- I'm gonna no- play one noodle? noodle. <laughs> a big flat I mean, noodle? I mean one little noodle. You sit at this bar and they make everything right in front of you. It only has like eight seats. So eight people in the whole restaurant at a time. Maybe ten, but it's like a small number. And you're all sitting at a bar, and they make these little plates for you, and then you like they like ah, oh, this and they tell you exactly what it is, and then you put one noodle, one little bitty noodle. Like imagine chicken noodle soup out of a can. It's like one little noodle. That's what you eat. That's, <laughs> That's of course. The,
1: it's <laughs> and, a banana, so, Michael. What can it cost? Ten dollars? Yeah, I know. That's crazy. So the noodle so costs you like fifteen bucks.
0: Yeah, I guess, and th- probably more. And so we spent, we we spent, like uh, it was over a grand, and we got back to our hotel. And ordered pizza. <laughs>
1: <Terrible>. <laughs> most
0: ridiculous, most ridiculous dinner of my night. But I've been to the Xfinity Center at least twice.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to uh, to being there. Hope we get a good game. And I hope Mark Turgeon's okay with the APM tip time.
0: What time do you think you'll be back in your driveway after that game?
1: I'm not going to be back until like Sunday night. I'm gonna be. We're going to podcast late on Sunday night because I'm gonna be as hot <laughs> after that. After that game, I will be in the uh, Courtyard Marriott uh, at. I don't know, twelve fifteen or so, but my own driveway. That's not happening until Sunday night, my man.
0: Do you want, Would you like to complain about it right now?
1: I have no intention on complaining about it. It's just part of the gig. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South
0: Carolina. Shouts to Terry M.F. Fatigo, He's a legend. Shouts to Larnell. Please go subscribe to the Ion College Basketball Podcast via Apple Podcast. Rated favorably, five stars with nice comments, and in addition to... The CBS games this weekend. Remember, we got a quadruple header Saturday on CBS Sports Network. One of the games, number seventeen, BYU at Pepperdine. BYU nationally ranked, fifteen and two, with Yoli Childs in the lineup. Tipping that one to scheduled for six o'clock Eastern. That's BYU at Pepperdine. So uh, enjoy your weekend of college basketball. And we will talk to you again on Sunday night. Till then, take care. The world of golf is on hiatus, but thankfully for you, the First Cut podcast crew is not. Join Mark Immelman, Kyle Porter, Greg Ducharme, and myself, Rick Gaiman, as we keep you informed and entertained through this unprecedented time. No tournament? No problem! We're still coming at you three times a week during these trying times. Tune in as we bring you weekly news, rewatches, interviews, and trivia. What are you waiting for? Come join our group and let's talk golf. Download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else podcasts are found.